everyone, and welcome to the 219th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! What's up, everybody? What's up, Churro? You gotta tell people how are your eyeballs. Eyeballs are getting better day by day. Getting better. Some days, you know, they, they kind of retract a bit and they get, like, like hazy. Mm-hmm. One eye, and then the next day it's the other eye, and then someday it goes back and forth, but honestly... It's been a lot better than when I first when I first had the surgery. So yeah, they're getting so, better. So yeah, I guess for uh, for anyone that uh, didn't hear, Churro got LASIK. And w- when did you get it exactly? Two weeks ago on April. Let's see, April the twenty first. Okay, so yeah, so two weeks after, and your vision's starting to get a little by little better. Yeah, it's improving yeah, each day. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. So yeah, uh, sooner or later you're gonna be like Superman, X-ray vision, all that. X-ray vision. I'll be like Cyclops, laser. Yeah, you know, laser vision. That. It's gonna be awesome. That's great. Yeah. So uh, that's that. That is uh, exciting. Your eyes are gonna get better. Um, but uh, did you try playing any games recently? And I know it's hard with the the vision, but um, I I streamed. I know we're going to talk about this later in the podcast, but yeah, I did yeah. stream the newest update for Union Cross and Gotcha. And despite my vision being all you know messed up, like yeah, like I still had a fun time. You know, thank you to everybody who joined. It was fun to read up what's going on with the the dan- the dandelions and all that. And I did try a little bit of Final Fantasy fourteen today, and it went well. I just had to take more breaks than usual to rest my eyes a bit. Okay. Cool. 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 Well, I mean, at the very least, with something like Union Cross, that's pretty, uh, pretty easy to play. So, you know, yeah, I, I could see that being pretty good for, uh, you know, if you have to take your eyes off of it. Yeah, it's not yeah. gonna, you're not going to instantly die. Nope. Nah. So that's good. Uh, yeah, I guess for me, I, I ha- you know, as always, y'all know, uh, I I've, haven't had very much time uh to play video games in the last like year year and a half uh thanks to all the 3D art stuff but uh lately I have had a little bit of uh free time here and there so I have been playing uh on 3DS actually Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor Overclocked and I'm getting near to the end and so far yeah it's really cool game uh I would say anybody that's like into the Persona series uh i definitely recommend it super good um it's got uh your typical like shimigami tensei style battle system but the main twist is that it's more of like a tactics tactic style game and i've never played anything like that and i know for a lot of people they see the grid that y- you deal with and just instantly think nope not playing that you know, because uh, that, that's me. Anytime I see Final Fantasy Tactics or, you know, Fire Emblem or something like that, I'm just like, nope, brain shut off if I see the grid. But this is the first time that I've ga- given that kind of a battle system a try. And it's actually, like, it's pretty simple. Like, the grid is just, you know, the thing you do in between battles. But the battles themselves, it's the same as, like, the typical press turn system from uh, Persona where... You know, you got your 
your Augie and your Zeo and your Bufu and your Zeodyne and all all those, you know, Shimigami Tensei spells that you're familiar with if you've played Persona before. And if you uh, hit their hit your enemy's weak point, you get uh, an extra turn. Uh, you, you know, it's that t- that typical kind of system. Um, what's kind of nice though is uh, you have like a permanent scan going on for everything. So uh, even when you uh, when you first start and you, when you first get on the field. You can decide where you can deploy your uh, party members, and you can just like freely move your character around the entire field, almost a, like a cursor, just to like look at the different uh, enemies on the field. And you can see all the enemies there, and it shows you a hundred percent all their weaknesses, their strengths, and everything. So it'll say like, "Oh, this enemy is uh, uh, weak to fire, drains physical, and uh, is uh, null." Uh, null to ice or something you know it, it'll tell you so that you don't have to like use uh like a particular magic spell to reveal that information it's just freely available so i really like that it's like you have a lot of i wouldn't say perfect information but you have like very good information about absolutely everything on the field so i really liked it um I would I would put it on the level of like a Persona game uh, in, in terms of quality, you know, very good. Uh, it, it has a, an interesting take on the calendar system. It's a little bit different from Persona. It's uh, the story only takes place over the course of about a week. So it's a lot more granular uh, in Persona. The way, uh, you know, you're dealing with stuff is, you know, it's almost a full year. And days go by real fast. Uh, in this case, uh, each day is divided up into, you know, 30-minute thir- increments. And certain activities that you do take up time and certain activities don't take up time. And depending on your choices, that decides, you know, how you spend each 30-minute uh, increment, you know, from the morning until the evening. So, uh, yeah, it's... It's a really interesting take on a Persona style system. So yeah, once I finish that, uh, next one on my list is uh, Soul Hackers, which is apparently, I think if I'm not mistaken, it's like originally a game from like the Saturn, the Sega Saturn, but then ported to the 3DS using modern assets. And uh, actually both uh, Devil Survivor and uh, Soul Hackers, both of them have... uh, full voice acting that has been done recently, like as of like 2013 ish, uh, it was completely revoice acted with, you know, everybody, you know, and love from like persona, you got Laura Bailey and et cetera. <laughs> like when, when you hear the voices, if you've ever played a persona game, you know, these voices <laughs> immediately. So, uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, I'm excited to try Soul Hackers later. I hear a lot of really good things about it. All right. Anyway, for you know, folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KG Union. 
And we have a uh, two-segment show today. We have a news segment and a question segment. I will just say real quick, uh, big warning on the news segment. We are going to talk about Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and everything that happened. So just fair warning, this episode's going to have full spoilers for uh, Union Cross. Uh, If you haven't seen uh, the most recent update, uh, this is the most recent update as of uh, uh, early May, so <laughs> you can you can watch it pretty quickly. The update, I think, in total, maybe like twenty minutes of cutscenes tops, so it's n- not very long. Uh, maybe like uh, could be like 15, yeah, 15, 20 minutes of cutscenes. So Around you there, can, you can watch it real fast. Uh, it's all on YouTube, fully in English, so go for it. Um. So yeah, just just fair warning. We we will be talking about uh, Union Cross during the news segment, and uh, yeah, second segment is our question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/FFKHUnion. And our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows: We got Louis James, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yun Ray. Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone, who's at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namejin, Miles Ribbons, ba- uh, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Thorn Bullen, uh, who's at Masker23, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22, Yam Potato, and I guess I'll do the rest as well. Yeah. <laughs> Noah, Noah Latrell, Ryzen, Sam Ennis, Chris Willis, Faez Bilal, Joshua Johnson, who's at the Cancer Bus, Frey Estella, Lauren Luscombe, Tim Michael Vern, who's at Phoenix O2SA, uh, Marco Liliu, and Timmy Turner's Babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, I guess if it wasn't clear, uh, up uh, ev- all spoilers up through Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory are fair game. And I'll just add to that Union Cross. So <laughs> this episode's going to have a lot of spoilers in it. So just fair warning. All right, moving on to the news. We don't have any news, so let's talk about Union Cross. Because that's the news. Oh, man. Yeah. Here we One go. of these days, we'll it's, get back it's, to normal. What's, what's, well, for this, it's a lot to digest. Yeah, there is a lot to digest, so I guess uh, we can uh, talk about it. But I guess real quick, just to refresh everybody on what happened like immediately prior to this update, was that uh, Darkness basically showed himself or itself to all of the four, uh, all of the uh, I guess you wouldn't call them foretellers. What do they call them now? Dandelions to the dandelions. Yeah, and uh, they did battle, and everybody was like really busted up. And then Ven decides to start uh, glowing like a, a flashlight and unleashes his pure light to attack darkness and uh, save everybody. And uh, yeah, that's sort of a. Uh, Oh, oh, and uh, Lushu in the real world uh, was basically like uh, talking to a darkness there, and he like sent somebody in a towel <laughs> or a white robe, white robe, 
into a pod to uh, shoot them off somewhere. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that, that's uh, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and then there was there's another scene with uh, Master of Masters. I forget what he said. Oh, he's talking about uh, a world he couldn't understand. Everybody thinks it's a quadratum or the realm of uh, unreality. Uh, that that doesn't really play out in uh, this current update, but uh, yeah. So uh, in this update, uh, first thing uh, we see is Ven is currently recovering. He is uh, KO'd in his bed. Not clear what the situation is. Uh, Lorium is in the room with him and is, is really feeling beat up about it. And he's kind of questioning what he should do and... You know, did darkness get absorbed into Ven? And if so, uh, can he just let him go like this? Uh, then uh, eventually, Lorium gets a, a vision of Strelitzia coming to him and saying, "No, bro, don't, don't do this." And yeah, basically stops him from. That like, was really attacking. heartwarming because he was really. He was grieving, you know, like, cause once, yeah, he was grieving. And basically, you know, once you learn that Ben, you know, is actually your sister's murderer, it's like, he's like you have all these emotions going through you. Yeah. You know? It's like, you know, it's like, yes. It, it is know. interesting, though, because it's he knows that he, he does. It, it seems like he does totally understand that it's not Ven's fault. Like, he gets that. But he also sees that the possibility that Ven could turn again especially if he's got darkness in him now, like, like he recognizes that. Like, it's not just a blind rage, because before, uh, when Ven show, pops into the room is like, I killed your sister, that was blind rage Lorium. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the, that you know, was so blind there, rage. There was no context behind it. It was just Ven admitting it, you know? Yeah, it was just Ven admitting it. But now, at this stage, Lorium knows everything, and then now he's struggling, and he's not sure what to do. So he understands that Ven himself isn't necessarily at fault. It's darkness, but that darkness could still be resting within him, and that's a danger. And he's not sure exactly what to do, but the vision of his sister came to him and uh, basically stayed his hand. Which, by the way, his hand was the best spoon-looking thing ever. They just had this, like, crazy close-up on this little spoon of a hand. God bless the uh, Union Cross art, art form. Yeah, that was, that was so cute. I, I, gotta, I gotta give them props. I did not see one pixel. That art was perfect after they, when they zoomed in on it. There was nothing wrong with it. It looked perfect, 100% high quality, not a pixel uh, out of place. It, it didn't look like uh, a picture that got blown up really big. So, uh, yeah, big props to the Union Cross uh, animators and artists. Like, it looked perfect, you know, being the fact that it's a spoon. But it was, it was still high quality. So that was really cool. Uh, then uh, uh, there's a knock at the door. Uh, there's somebody uh, showing up to see Lorium, and it t- turns out it's Elrena, and Elrena's Chirithi has something to tell Lorium, and basically uh, says that, yeah, uh, the other day, uh, a few days ago, 
I saw someone who I thought was Strelitzia walking uh, with uh, someone in a black cloak. And he, you know, the Charithi wasn't sure, but even though, even though wasn't sure, you know, still wanted to let Lorium know that, uh, you know, that it saw someone. So, uh, yeah, basically, you know, they, they group together and start talking about, you know, what that could be. And, uh, basically brain is like, Hmm, you know, that it's very possible that, you know, the, you know, the nature of the world that they're in, you know, this data world is that this world is a backup of the original world that they came from. So it's very possible that what you witnessed there was a backup of Strelitzia, like a data version, a data backup of Strelitzia. And uh, that could possibly also explain uh, earlier why uh, Elrena saw Strelitzia in the uh, in that one house where, you know, Ven and uh, technically Darkness uh, killed Strelitzia in the in the real world. Um, it's possible that that glitch that we saw was, uh, her backup, you know, sort of manifesting there. So could be her data and it could be a way of, you know, bringing her back. Uh, but yeah, uh, in the cutscene, it's kind of weird that Charithi doesn't mention it, but in the cutscene, it's very clear that it's a girl in a white cloak walking with a man or a person in a black cloak. So, yeah, it's funny that Charithi doesn't mention that interesting detail. It's like, I thought it was Strelitzia. Also, by the way, she was wearing a weird white cloak. Just FYI. Like, like not even like the importance of it. He's just like, oh, by the way. I thought it was Strelitzia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How did you know? I saw the hair yeah. pop out from underneath I the, saw the, the hood. tiny little piece of hair. I just knew it. So, yeah, a bit, bit unclear. I, I mean, it would have been nice to say that because Lorium had a vision of that Strelitzia appearing to him, didn't he? In, like, a previous cutscene? So. It, it kind of reminds me of, like, in Final Fantasy XV, where at the end where Luna makes an appearance while yeah, you're about yeah. to kill Harden. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like one of those things where you experience extreme grief and it's like all of a sudden you know his light you know is Strelitzia so basically she comes to comfort him yeah exactly so so yeah Brain has a really good idea about what this could be that it might just be like a, a backup of Strelitzia and uh then then uh they ask him well, well if she's got a backup does that mean we have backups as well in this world and then he's just like yeah Probably. I'm just like, what? <laughs> so, are you telling me there's like two ephemers hanging around? There's just two brains? They said it's a possibility. It's a possibility. I just want to know, where are they? <laughs> you know? Where did they go? Is it a requirement that, like, the main ones leave? Well... I guess we could talk about that. So anyway, uh, everybody decides that they need to get going over to the Ark, uh, you know, in the basement, because basically 
the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket. It's exploding, and they need to get out of here. So uh, anybody who's going to go needs to get going. So uh, they they get down there and uh, start making the count out of the seven pods that were available. Looks like there's only uh, five. Uh, five left. So uh, one got destroyed. I guess another one got used. And then, um, yeah, there's five left, but there's seven people remaining. And uh, ultimately, you know, they're talking about who should go, who should not go. And it's decided that uh, Brain, Lorium, Ven, and Elrena will go to the real world. And that uh, Ephemer, Skuld, and the player will stay behind. And it's really cute because the player gets to talk. <laughs> yes, that's what I loved about it so much. I was like, I really hope the player doesn't stay quiet during this whole. Yeah, it's like, scene, oh it's yeah, you like... you you don't get to live in the next w- world. You get to sacrifice yourself quietly. <laughs> but then he's all like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna stay. You know, I he even admits like I'm not even a dandelion. Yeah, I just got not a dandelion, and his main purpose for all of this and you know coming this far is to hang out with his friend ephemer and he doesn't want to leave and you know him leaving to go to the other world is only going to make it worse you know all he wants to do is uh or he or she wants to do is be with uh his friends so i guess that's uh that's fine um so they they actually end up uh leaving it all with uh one pod left uh, they saved a pod. So four went, three stayed. So that is, uh, that is interesting. Um, so, so yeah, um, it is, uh, interesting though. Cause like Elrena is not a dandelion, but somehow, you know, she gets to go and ultimately, well, I mean the, the main person that they decide definitely needs to go is brain because, uh, at least in Brain's case, like he has a really strong grasp of the situation and he stands the biggest chance of being capable of saving Ephemer and Skuld. Yeah. What I wonder, though, is like, so Churro, we know now, you know, having played Kingdom Hearts 3, that Ephemer does show up in a certain way in Kingdom Hearts 3. I wonder if he's still trapped, though, in the data world, and if that was just some sort of weird manifestation, some exception to the rule. I mean, considering what, you know, like how you stated how the player character stayed behind with Ephemer, the biggest theory I've seen, the biggest theory I made on my stream was that uh, Skull's probably gonna take the last pod while the player and FM stay behind. You know, stay behind. Yeah, so, I can see that. Considering with, you know, with the whole Keyblade War taking place at the Keyblade graveyard, it's like yeah, you know, that's where they that's when they're first like. Because remember, if you remember that cutscene, that's where they first emerge after the Keyblade War of the yeah. You know, when yeah, when they yeah. finally realize they're in the data world, so it's like I think the significance just of the Keyblade Graveyard is just basically you know probably a, a Deus Ex for Sora in Kingdom Hearts Three, yeah. but 
at the same time, there's still one more chapter to figure out exactly how that happened. If we ever do yeah, learn what ha- how yeah, that happened. There, there's still room for us to find out more about what happens to the player and Ephemer and Skull. And, and that's kind of interesting. It's like, what form are the next updates going to take if the player Ephemer and Skull are still left behind in the data world? I mean, the story, for the most part, follows the perspective of the player. So we're probably going to see what happens to the end of this data daybreak town, you know, uh, just by virtue of the player still being there. Like, that's where the player is. So, like, we'll probably still see what happens to Brain, Lorium, Ven, and Elrena because, you know, they their story goes on. But at least in terms of like the perspective of the player character, you know, they're still trapped in the data world. So I guess we're going to see the end of the world, see them die again. Yeah. Um, What's also interesting, I didn't say in the notes, but um, before Brain leaves in the pod, Brain gives Ephemer his Keyblade, which is the Master Defender, as well as the Book of Prophecies. Yep, which That's is very important. interesting to say the least, because yeah, the, the biggest theory was you know Brain was probably an ancestor of Master Ericus. Yeah, so, I would now, say that's very possible. But now, if ever have has we seen blade, his? Have we seen his Keyblade up until this point? I, d- I didn't think we did. Who uh, brains? Brain. Yeah, did he did. He it was shown a while back when okay. they first encountered darkness the first time. Okay. That's when okay. he first summoned his Keyblade, which, you know, turned out to be the Master Defender. And, you know, that's where the, that first theory came about. So now it's kind of interesting to see him hand over his Keyblade to Ephemer. So we yeah. don't know any, like, if that Keyblade has any special qualities to it or whatnot. Yeah. I mean, we know in the future that it it does have, you know, a relation to how aqua gets saved you know uh sora discovers it on uh destiny islands so at least in the future i don't know how brain would know any of this well i guess he could (laughs) he could read the book of prophecies and find out but uh you know maybe through reading the book of prophecies maybe he knows about what happens to aqua and sora and how you know, the significance of Master Defender. And uh, maybe by that, maybe that's the value of it, is like it's able to reunite uh, or rescue people or like, I don't know, help help in a, in the rescue of somebody. So maybe that's why. <laughs> kind of like the uh, Gryffindor sword in Harry Potter, where it just appears for yeah. those who are courageous. Yeah, something like that, so could be uh could be interesting um so yeah and so he now he's got yeah that and and uh book of prophecies so it that that is very interesting not sure exactly how that's going to be used but yeah i guess it's important to just keep note of that the fact that uh he's got that and uh yeah so basically brain says says goodbye to the group and says the eternal line may your heart be your guiding key yep the classic i'm still 
I'm still very extremely and okay. Put put on churro. It's tinfoil hat time. I am still yeah. very conspiracy theory theorizing about that phrase. May your heart be your guiding key. It's got to be more than just a phrase. It's more than just a phrase. This is to to relate this to Mean Girls. This is the fetch of the Kingdom Hearts world. Stop trying to make fetch a thing. Fetch will never be a thing. There was that whole thing of like that that one girl in Mean Girls where she was like, "Oh my god, that's so fetch!" Like she's trying to make that like a cool slang word, and then everybody's yeah. just like telling her like, "No, stop saying it. It's not gonna be a thing." And like there was that whole thing in uh in Kingdom Hearts three where it's like. May your heart be your guiding king. Is may may your heart be your guiding king? Like, oh yeah, they we've always said that. And then all like, of a sudden, did it's we? Like, it's, then it's like, oh, Master Yin said said it. Then all then like you see him mutter and on, they see like a close up of his face muttering it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Now they're saying it, and now they're like consistently saying it, and uh, canonically, yes, in the past they've added it into the past but this has not been a thing that has ever been said throughout the series and it's only been now added since the kingdom hearts 3 era so i'm thinking this phrase kind of similar to how uh whatchamacallit the uh uh the no no name keyblade how the no name keyblade with the eyeball is a way for master of master to like add different waypoints in history in world lines and stuff and allows him to travel i feel like this phrase is another one of those this is like a magic spell almost it's like casting a spell every time it's said i'm telling y'all you watch out for anybody that says that i'm not saying that the people that say it are sus i'm saying practically it could be it could that. be dangerous I mean, even Zigbar Lushu says it, you know, yeah. in Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, after you, after you're, you know, you counter him, he says, you know, but he gets cut off, and then, you know, that's where Remind comes in and completes yep. the sentence for him, you know. Exactly. So, how I kind of see it is, for anybody who's ever played a video game on an emulator before, if you've ever used an emulator before you might know of a save state. I think that's what that that line is, is it's a save state where somebody, probably Master of Masters, can reload his save. And I feel like Master of Masters is the ultimate save scummer, basically, where, like, you know, you have an emulator and you're trying to do a crazy jump in Mario and you keep missing, but then you hit the uh, shift F1 to reload your save state, and it's like it didn't happen. And you keep reloading and reloading until you get it. I think that's Master Master's uh, super magic power, is that he's got save states. <laughs> he Master of Masters is playing Kingdom Hearts on emulator, confirmed. Okay. He's playing on PC. He's playing on PC. With mods on. He's with mods. He, he He's replaced everybody... Uh, with uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. So, uh, yeah, moving on from there. Um, uh, so, uh, back in the real world, 
so this is like the final uh, big part of it is uh, back in the real world, uh, Lushu is having a big confrontation with Darkness at the Ark. And uh, during this confrontation, uh, Darkness uh, reveals several things. Uh, first, uh, confirms that there are uh, in total six other Darknesses. And uh, it seems like, I think he said like four of them were in the data world or something like that. Yeah, four of them in the data world were FMR, the player in Skull, or currently are. Yeah. And then there's one with him, and then there's one, I believe, in the, probably where the, probably in the future, I guess, where Master of Masters is wherever Yeah, is. yeah, right, right. There's that one, that one darkness that was talking to Master of Masters, right? So, yeah, I, I wasn't clear on where all of them were i knew four were in the data world and i knew one was right there in front of lushu the other one i wasn't sure but yeah that, that might be right the one with uh master of masters so um so that that's good to know um kind of uh you know an important number six meaning you know who's the seventh because you know seven is always like that's the number you know goes back <laughs> that's to the, the chess to work board with. seven yeah, black pieces exactly so there's definitely some odd one out. I'm going to say it's Master of Masters. That's the one. He He's the other darkness, but he's got a different form. He's got a physical form. Uh, and yeah, basically, um, the goal of darkness is expansion. Uh, darkness wants to spread to as many worlds, timelines, whatever you want to call it, as possible. It just wants to spread. And, um, uh, basically, uh, when Master of Masters was a child, uh, Darkness at that time also had a physical form. So I guess Darkness, I guess that means that Darkness was a person, uh, just like Master of Masters was a person. Uh, we knew in the, uh, from the last update, uh, that, uh, Master of Masters and Darkness used to be friends. And at some point, it seems like darkness cast off its form, its physical form, so it could, like, you know, time travel and do all the stuff that that allows it to do. And, um, you know, so it can, uh, you know, use its uh, power to expand, as it describes. And, uh, yeah, what's interesting though is uh one big downside of this of being in this ethereal non-corporeal form is that it's very difficult for darkness to basically maintain maintain its own will it, it can't keep its consciousness together i mean already it's like several beings it's not even one being anymore it's it's like this expanded like uh you know we are we are legion we are many type of existence so it's not like strictly speaking one existence anymore so it's hard to keep its will you know consistent uh so to keep some semblance of consistency and you know being able to realize its will uh that's why darkness possesses people and by possessing people, it's able to sort of like remain conscious. So that's kind of a an interesting thing to to learn about there. And yeah, basically, yeah, Lushu attacks. <laughs> so uh, 
that that's sort of where uh, we're left at with the update. But uh, one thing that I did want to talk about real quick was um, I, I'm sure this theory is not like mind blowing to anybody, but I guess I will just mention it just to you know add one plus one together for everybody, just so we can talk about it a little bit. Um, so. Earlier, you know, as we were talking about in the update, we have uh, Chirithi, uh, Elrenis Chirithi, telling Lorium about uh, potentially seeing uh, Strelitzia. And she's wearing the white cloak and she's walking with somebody with a, with a black cloak. And this was a few days ago, which makes you think, why didn't you come sooner, Chirithi? <laughs> Why'd you wait this long? But anyway, uh, a few days ago, whatever. Also, uh, we, you know, in the prior update, we see Lushu, a man who wears a black cloak, carrying somebody wearing a white cloak, dropping them off in a pod and sending, sending them off to God knows where. And I'm just wondering, you know, uh, you know, we see in the arc, right? In the arc room, uh, we've got, you know, there used to be seven pods. One got destroyed. It was used by Maleficent. Another one got used. So I guess you can sort of assume, okay, though, that's probably what happened is that maybe Lushu used it to send Strelitzia out. Um, And then, you know, what we saw in that update where Darkness was there was the second transfer. That was when he took that Strelitzia and sent that that Strelitzia off to, uh, you know, to time travel. Probably. Know. I mean, now everybody's saying that Strelitzia or, or um, you know, like I said, current theory is Strelitzia could be subject X or school yeah, which is subject yeah, X. That's, that's where I was going with this is, yeah, that ultimately that could point Strelitzia being subject X. So, so yeah, I I don't think that's like a a really big stretch in logic. And yeah, like you said, like, uh, not the only person to be thinking that. So I think that's, that seems like that's where this is pointing. Um, it's very possible that in the next update that may or may not be confirmed to us. So, you know, I guess we'll have to see where that goes, but that, that at least seems so far how they're pointing everything out. Cause it's like, you know, white cloak girl, white cloak guy walking around in Daybreak Town. Later, we see a white cloak, a uh, white cloak person being held by dark cloak guy thrown into a pod to be transferred off somewhere else. So, yeah, it's kind of pointing to the that all being connected. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting to know. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm leaning on. Uh, subject X being uh, Strelitzia uh, in terms of Scold and all that. Not sure. I I hope we, we get more of Scold in the future, though. So, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that's how they use that pod. Uh, I, I'm, I'm with you, though, Churro. I feel like if anybody's going to use the pod, I feel like it's going to be Scold. I feel like Ephemer doesn't need it. And player character needs to die. <laughs> you know? I to be honest, player character has to die. He doesn't. The player character does not make sense outside of Union Cross. So player character needs to die. 
basically going off with uh you know how we said this four darkness is still within the data version of daybreak town that's being slowly being destroyed yeah. um then you have three characters still there one pod remaining i i honestly think that the four darknesses will appear in yeah. which, in which maybe they'll uh, be the final bosses probably be the final bosses and then they'll probably send scold in the last pod and send her out well if ever and the player character will probably die towards the yeah. uh, the, the darknesses or maybe FMR survives somehow. I mean, between the two, FMR has the Master Defender and Book of Prophecies. Player characters got diddly squat and needs to die because that character does not make sense in any sort of context. Because uh, anyone's player character at this current moment could be ha- could have like a rainbow afro, crazy sunglasses and a, and a Winnie the Pooh hat. Like that character needs to die. <laughs> um, they can't they can't go on. I honestly I I honestly believe that considering that if ever got the master defender, I honestly I my theory in my head is that he gives it to Skull before she goes. That's in a possibility. Yeah. And the fact that she becomes like the holder of it wherever she ends up. Okay. I, I, I could see that. I, I mean, yeah, FMR ultimately could die, and maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the key. Maybe by him dying, so to speak, that allows him to escape the data world, and that's who we encounter in uh in Kingdom Hearts 3 is like the soul of FMR in, in some way. You know, what we maybe experienced was like some sort of ghost so to speak. I mean, we were at the Keyblade Graveyard, so, you know, it's, it is a possibility it could be Ghost of Ephemer. Um, but a lot of people a, had theories I mean, his of the... His name uh, is Ephemer, after all. Then everybody Eph- had those theories of Ephemer being the secret boss in base Kingdom Hearts 3, because uh, that big old darkness had, like, a scarf around his neck. And- uh, yeah, 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 I guess so. So... Yeah, we'll have to see. I I I, I kind of wonder if the final battle, if they're if they're going to go to the Keyblade Graveyard. I mean, might as well, right? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, could be cool. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're left at the moment. Uh, I think we pretty much covered everything. So the next update, as we know, will be releasing uh, in June. So it's going to be a little bit. Uh, until it comes out but it sounds like it's gonna be you know a nice big uh media update i mean the fact they had to split it up is uh pretty clear that being the case so yeah i'm excited to see uh where this all ends um i'm sure there'll be like more questions raised than answered but uh i'm excited to see you know where everybody ends up uh i will just say like in terms of what we know about um the characters that did leave though um you know at least in the case of ven it seems like th- they're creating the ven we know you know uh ven used his light to potentially absorb darkness and ultimately that makes the possibility for that being vanitas cuz that's basically the state we f- saw him in in birth by sleep was uh, you know, uh, Xehanort takes him, and through experimentation and battle, he 
uh, rips out darkness out of Ven's heart. Yeah, and then if you go forcefully. back to um, his defeat in Kingdom Hearts 3 during the uh, the clash, you know, yeah. he keeps saying that this is the path that I chose. You yeah. Know? So it's like, so basically it's almost like Vinitas is basically like the the physical form of that specific darkness. Yeah, yeah. That's that is possible. It makes me wonder, uh, you know, the uh said in this update that um darkness used to have a physical form. I wonder if Vanitas you know, is a manifestation of that form. You know, if we could go back in time and see Master of Masters and uh the person that used to be uh before they became darkness, I wonder if that form would look like you know, look like Vanitas, a.k.a. Kingdom Hearts 2 Sora. Well, I mean, it's all there. I mean, ben, before uh, when before Ventus jumped up in Clash with the Darkness, he said that he's made of pure light. So yeah. he absorbed darkness, thus Master Zeno ripped it out. But that was only after um, that was after he got his heart ripped out, he, uh, Ventus was left in a near-death state, which then yeah. was because of his heart was ripped. And then that you know, then it was restored because of Sora. Thus, Vanitas yep. end up looking like Sora because of that reason. Yep, yep. So, so. I, yeah, that's that. That is a, a possibility. So, I guess we'll we'll have to see in the future. But yeah, cool update. Can't wait to see more. Uh, I guess just yeah, real quick. I do have a few more uh, Kingdom Hearts three mm-hmm. mods that we can talk about. I think these are pretty cool ones. Um, so first Kingdom Hearts 3 mod of our mod highlight section. Expanded Boundaries. So this is a cool mod. It basically uh, expands Twilight Town and allow and basically removes a lot of the invisible walls that used to be there. And I feel like these are some really common sense changes. Because uh, basically what they did was... Uh, you know, within Twilight Town, there's a lot of roofs that have like these uh, fences on them that block you from standing on top of the roof. And they basically remove the visible, the invisible walls that block you from getting on top of there. The The fences are still there, but you can jump over them and uh, they allow you to run up completely up the, the road uh, and you can uh, go to uh, the Sun Sunset Hill Station and. Um, which is, you know, literally just above where you are in the main part of the game. And it almost makes you, you wonder, like, why didn't they add the Sunset Hill Station into the main part of it? I can understand not going to the sand lot, but, you know, adding in the Sunset Station and the little area in between there, that wouldn't have been that complicated. And, like, I mean, they could have... I don't know, like, let's say, for example, you know, you might think, oh, well, what would they put there if they had it there? Well, why not have Remy's apartment or Remy's uh, restaurant there? Like they could have had it there instead of the, uh, you know, where the uh, market area is. That could have been the location of the restaurant or that could have been the location where you had the Winnie the Pooh book or, you know, Merlin could have had a, a, a setup over there. Like there there could have, you know taking the content that we already have and spreading it out over the, over the, the expanded area wouldn't have been impossible. So just wonder why they, uh, they decided to cut it, especially with the station, 
you know, the station is, it's literally there. Like, there's no reason not to uh, include that in the game. So, yeah, this mod uh, allows uh, for that to be all reachable. And, yeah, you can uh, you can even run up, or not, maybe not run up, but, like, you can bounce up the wall to get to the top of the station. So uh, you can get some really cool uh, views from up there. So, uh, yeah, if you have the PC version, definitely recommend that mod. Another mod I highly recommend. This is for everybody. No more ingredients. There we it go. Bas- now we're talking. Now we're talking. Removes all ingredients-related voice lines from the game. So, yeah, no more. Uh, this is a good place to find some ingredients. No more of that. You can enjoy your game. The, the ingredients are still there, but you won't get any uh, helpful, annoying lines from your party members telling you that they see ingredients. So uh, yeah, that, that that is uh, definitely good. And then the last mod that I want to talk about, this one is hilarious. So I, I definitely recommend if you if you're going through another playthrough of Kingdom Hearts, definitely uh, try one of these. Uh, Look Sword card replacements. Now these are several different mods, but I definitely recommend checking them all out. At least you know look them up on uh, on the the mod manager and on YouTube. So you can basically replace the textures that are on uh, Luke Swords cards with like various different like real world card games. So they have Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh and Uno, which is just, <laughs> just hilarious. So basically Luxor's cards turn into like Uno cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Pokemon cards. And what's really cool is during that fight, Mickey's with you. And at least in the case of the Pokemon cards, when Mickey gets absorbed, they actually made a custom Mickey Pokemon card for it. So you actually see Mickey's like character art in there. He's got HP. He's got an attack. You know, it's they they did a really good job. They made a proper Pokemon card for Mickey. It's it's really cool. So definitely check that out. I Yeah, uh, I really want to try one of these. And I think I'll probably go for the Pokemon or the Uno one. The the Yu-Gi-Oh one, I think all the cards are like Exodia or something, so that's pretty cool if you're a Yu-Gi-Oh fan. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up our news segment. Moving on to our question segment. Our first question comes from Josh Clark, and they ask, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake is getting integrated next month with a PS5 upgrade and new episode. In Kingdom Hearts 3's case, we already got a new episode with Remind, but do you think we will get a PS5 upgrade like Intergrade? And what additions to the game do you think would be reasonable, if any? Um, I think it'd be cool if we, if we did. I mean, uh, if yeah. anything, it'll be just a minor announcement, just to have the PS5 upgrades and all that. But yeah. in terms of additions, I don't think they're going to put add anything. They're mostly going to try to adjust. Yeah, maybe things. adjustments. So it's not, not going to be big. It's not going to yeah. be big if we do get one. I'm with you. I don't think we would get anything too crazy. Uh, Maybe, you know, obviously like things like graphical improvements. I think that's kind of, you know, kind of obvious lock 60 FPS mode. That seems like a pretty easy, you know, hope. I mean, already, like if you use the unlock frame rate mode, like you can pretty much have locked 60 FPS already. So I think that's pretty much like a no brainer addition. Um, Another one that would require a little bit of effort, but I think would be kind of neat is like having a 
final mix colors for the heart heartless and nobodies and stuff like that that by the way there, there actually is a mod uh that does uh something like that so if if you really like that you can do that but uh that could be something that could add to something like this and uh yeah yeah i i think it's i think it's possible um i would say though i would not expect such an update this year this late like I actually don't like. I mean, I'm on the fence about it too. Like I think it's kind of like too late for it to happen. I think uh, they kind of moved on from it. It's. I think it's still possible. I just don't think there's a reason to do it now. Like I, I feel like this sort of a thing would go well, you know, to hype up the future of Kingdom Hearts. So I could see something like this maybe next year. Because there's probably not going to be a big Kingdom Hearts release next year. Could so be. releasing something like this in a gap year seems like a fair thing to do. You know, just like back in the day with 1.5, 2.5, all that. Yeah. I mean, like, he's, well, Namara said that, you know, whatever comes next year, it's going to be a big announcement. But he didn't necessarily say it was a game. Yeah, it didn't so. say it was a game. It didn't say they would necessarily be releasing next year, but yeah. He just said the announcement is going to be will blow your mind. Yeah. yeah, the announcement will blow our minds. So that's uh that's exciting. Uh so yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it. Uh the next question comes from Philippe Ronda and they ask uh with Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and Dark Road in the process of shutting down there currently aren't any known mobile Kingdom Hearts games on the horizon. Do you think Kingdom Hearts is simply leaving the mobile space, or do you think there will be something else in the future? I think that it's not the end of Kingdom Hearts on mobile. It's just the end of this. Yeah. these stories. You know that. Yeah, these yeah. Are still these part games of, are over. Yeah, these are part of these Xehanort saga stories. Yeah. So basically, you know, if anything, they make something. It's going to be with the new storylines coming out. So yeah, it's not the end. I mean, they got a ton of final fantasy type mobile games already. And you know, yeah, so like, yeah, it makes sense I, to sort of like leave the spotlight for a sec, make a new game and then rejoin. Not only that mobile games are still big in Japan, so I don't see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Giving that up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I think it, it will happen. Um, now, uh, one thing I'll add to this, Churro, is do you think the next Kingdom Hearts mobile game, do you think it would go for a 2D style, or do you think they might go uh, 3D, almost like how uh, you know Final Fantasy VII Remake's uh, mobile games are uh, going? I think they might want to... I mean, it could go either way. Like, yeah. I could see them trying to do something like, you know, like First Soldier... 3d yeah you know battle you know not necessarily battle royal but full 3d type of thing but yeah considering kingdom hearts is known for it's like animated cartoony type of style yeah yeah i still think that it'll probably be within the realms of like something like union cross or dark road or maybe even um omnia opera or even yep. uh record Keeper. i mean even with uh uh ever crisis that art style could uh yeah that could work so like I think they're still going to keep the the cartoony ish style. Yeah. Then there. Then I, and then. Do, do, don't yeah. you remember that? Um, that one c- supposed canceled mobile game they're working on. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, know. I do. Like, do, do you still believe that was a real thing? I 
I feel like if it was, I feel like it's one of those unsolicited games that a different studio made. There, like a, a famous example of such a game. Uh, I don't know if you heard of in the past, uh, Halo DS, where there was a Halo game being made for the DS, and someone, I believe from IGN, actually played it and actually showed footage of it. Now, in reality, while yes, that was being made, that was not solicited by Microsoft or Bungie. It was a different studio that made it unsolicited, and they made it as a pitch to Microsoft. So I would not be surprised if that game, maybe it did exist, maybe there was a studio making that game, but they may have been making it unsolicited from Square Enix, not solicited by Square Enix or Disney or anything, and just making it, and then after they've made it, then go and pitch it to Square Enix to see how they feel about it. But you know how Square Enix is. They would not accept such a thing. Yeah, pretty much. That's I, kind of how I feel it probably was, was that it was an unsolicited thing that Disney, neither Disney nor Square knew about, is my assumption. I, I, I just had to bring it up because it reminded yeah, me yeah, of yeah, that. Yeah, 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 of course. Because like supposedly, supposedly that was supposed to be like a Union Cross type game. Yeah, you yeah. Character and you had like a full 3D you know, world exploring, like Kingdom Hearts game mobile, you know, mobile yeah. title. Yeah, I, I mean, talking about, you know, Union Cross, I feel like the mission structure of Union Cross makes sense. I feel like having, you know, that kind of basic skeleton for a game makes sense. You know, you have your missions, you have your Disney worlds, you uh, occasionally have your cutscene episodes, that all makes sense to me. Um, having, uh, you know, a, a fully 3D game that explores that kind of a setup, I, I think is uh, reasonable. The only thing that I would wonder, though, if it did go 3D, is what about voice acting? What about cutscenes? That sort of thing. You know, if it's a simple art style and they go for no voice acting, then maybe it's fine. You know, if it's like more of a cartoony art style and then, you know, like the old DS games, you know, no voice acting, then they'll be able to produce cutscenes at a regular pace. But if they're going like full on how first soldier looks, I don't think first soldier is going to get cutscenes because, you know, that's a lot of animation, voice acting, localization. That's, that's it's basically going to be played exactly how PUBG, Call of Duty, and yeah. Fortnite for mobile was going to be like. It's basically, you just have your character, your loadout, your your equipment, and then it's basically you select a, a game to join, and then it's basically a cutscene of you getting dropped in whatever, and then you just fight, and then once you're done, you go back to the loadout. It's like not going to be yeah. really anything heavy. Yeah, so... With these sorts of like 3D games, you really have to consider like the increase in production cost and if they're going to be able to offset that and, you know, what kind of uh, shortcuts can they take to make that make sense. At least in the case of First Soldier, I feel like that that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's not really a story based game. It's, you know, clearly reusing several assets from Remake so it, it makes sense financially. I mean, it's possible that they could, you know, make use of assets from Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, if they can, like, dumb them down a little bit so that they run fine on mobile. 
But yeah, it's uh, hard to say. But uh, to answer the question, do I think it's going to be, you know, is there going to be a mobile game again in the future? Yes, but I think it's going to be for the next saga, not for the current saga, which is, like you said, Churro, these these games, the main problem with them is that they're a part of the Xehanort saga and Xehanort saga is over. So I think it's as simple as that. So yeah, and the last question, this one comes from Daniel Williams, and they ask, it's almost that time of year again. E3 is back. But do you think there is any chance of anything at E3 for Kingdom Hearts? Of course, there's always a chance, you know. Yeah. But the chance is going to be small. Yeah, I would say so, that's, the, that's the key. Chance is there, but it's small. Yeah, so I point the moral of the story, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, have, I would say this year definitely no. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. So. Yeah, this year is not the year to get your hopes up, but yeah, it's it's always just, possible. Just, just go in with open mind. Exactly. I think it's also important to recognize that, like, we are getting a Union Cross finale around that time. So if they decide not to do it. Like, you could sort of see the Union Cross update as being a replacement for yeah. an announcement. And not only that, you, you have to remember, Square Enix can announce anything without E3 now. Yeah, that's true. They can do yeah. anything without E3. That's they so had true. their own pre- Square Enix Presents, but then also when uh, Darkwood was announced last year, you know, they, they had their own Kingdom Hearts, like, trailer with everything. Yep. And then that announced, you know, the, the ending of Union Cross and then the Kingdom Hearts 3 soundtrack. So basically, they could pretty much do anything on their own now without having E3 anymore. Exactly. So, yeah. Hard to say, but uh, yeah, like you said, Churro, best thing to do, uh, don't get your hopes up. (laughs) You know, it's not the year to do that. If you're really excited for Project Athea, or maybe Final Fantasy 16, maybe you could have slight hopes, but yeah, I, I doubt it. I would I would even say uh, seven remake. I don't expect anything for part two, like because they have a uh, integrate coming out around that time. So I would consider integrate as being a replacement for their you know possible announcement for anything seven remake. So, it's already Nomara stated that the story continues right after integrate, so he yeah. gave us something there already. So there you go. So yeah, that uh, that pretty much wraps up our show. Our music for this episode is a great remake of Tension Rising from Kingdom Hearts 2 by the arranger Enrico De, uh, Deana. Uh, they're a really prolific uh, uh, musician on YouTube, so definitely check them out. They've got a ton of Kingdom Hearts stuff and a ton of Final Fantasy stuff, so uh, definitely check them out on YouTube. And our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 25th of May. Uh, As always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at CageUnion. And as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you have any questions, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. And you could be featured in our question segment. Archero, 
We made it. Another episode. We did. Down. Oh man, but still, still kind of far away for the um, the finale. Yeah, yeah. Just a little bit longer, Churro. Just gotta make it out. How many? How many more episodes? One, two, three. Maybe three. Let's see, one, two. Yeah, about three. Because yeah. it comes out the seventeenth. Yeah, yeah. So three episodes from now, we'll be able to talk about the finale. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Yep. All right. Well. Anyway, uh, well, by then, Churro, I expect you to have Superman vision by then. So I, sh- I hope so, too. Yeah. Believe me, I, that's all I want. Be able to see things so I can play video games better. I can, that's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm, I'm excited. This is cra- That's crazy, because like, y- when your vision's going to get that much better, it's almost going to be like all your TVs just got upgraded. Oh, yeah. It's... <laughs> Cause, Cause, right now I'm sitting here, watch, looking at my TV. Right now, it's like I can see everything on there, and but like, I just can't wait till it settles in. So I could be a lot. I'll go, I'll go from like 1080p to like 4K. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be awesome, man. I'm excited for you. All right, man. Uh, let's say goodbyes. All right, bye, guys. Thank you for joining. I will catch you in the next one. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.